I'm so grateful that all of you could be here today and be able to join together in this and uh, those joining online as well, too, to be able to connect with us this way. Doris Day once said, gratitude is riches, complaint is poverty. And I believe her to be true on that. And as we gather together today, there's so much for us to be grateful for. As we think about Thanksgiving coming down the road here pretty soon, I want to kind of get you geared up for that and be ready to show your thankfulness and gratefulness. In fact, uh, the things I'm so thankful for, a family, of course, definitely so thankful for family. For Becky, um, putting up with me during the week sometimes when I'm not so lovely, um, and, uh, and to be able to just come alongside and we walk this life together and figure out what grandparenting is all about, empty nesting is all about. Uh, seeing some different uh, uh, things ahead of us to be able to figure things out together. And so I'm so thankful I have someone that I can walk that with. And uh, I'm so thankful for our kids and our, our, uh, our, of course, our kids' spouses as well, too, and uh, as well as the grandkids that are around. It's just, uh, I look at it and I'm just over, overwhelmed with how much God has provided and uh, has blessed us with. I'm so thankful for Becky's parents, too, raising their daughter in such a way to love the Lord with all her heart, soul, mind, and spirit, and be able to um, come together with someone who has that, that same goal and same purpose. Uh, so I'm thankful for Jerry and Sharon raising their daughter in that way. I'm also thankful, too, for church family. Uh, we've gone through some interesting times together, and me being here almost 20 years, I've seen a lot of people come and go. Uh, I've done a lot of memorial services and funerals, but I've also, too, done some baby dedications as well. And it's been, it, it, every part of it has been a blessing to me. Um, and uh, being able to be loved and cared for by, by this congregation over the years is a, such a blessing to me as well. And I'm so grateful and thankful for the care and the, the prayers uh, uh, from you guys. I'm so thankful as well, too, for church leadership. Uh, this isn't something that I would be able to do on my own at all, and, and you know, I'm, I'm just trying to do the secretarial stuff as well, too, but being able to have all these other areas being taken care of, and uh, those people who volunteer as well, church grounds, people who volunteer to help with that, I'm so grateful for and thankful for. Those people who volunteer in other ways as well, too, and you know, the signups that are going around and being, being able to help out. Um, being able to help out with the reader board and putting that up with the letters uh, and stuff like that and being able to uh, come around and, and just fill in in places, folding bulletins, setting them out, all those things that just help us move forward as a church. And, and I just encourage you that if you have not figured out where you might be able to help out in some way, where your gifting is, if you, if you haven't figured that out yet, figure that out. Figure out what God has gifted you in and see how you might be able to serve through that. And the best way to figure that out, of course, is to serve. So you think you might be able to do, do something in this area? Well, well, take some steps forward to try to serve in that way. And then you figure out if, as God, God guides you in that. But I'm so thankful for volunteers and church leadership, the pastor parish, that uh, uh, relations committee that helps me. They are the go-between between the pastor and the congregation. From the congregation standpoint, if they have uh, questions or maybe some issues or things going on that they would like the pastor to know of or the church leadership to know of, the pastor parish relations committee is the one that you would be able to go to. 
be able to talk to and uh, um, if you feel like I'm too intimidating <laughs> to talk to, and that's fine. I get it, being the pastor. But uh, you be able to have someone you can go to and talk to. Uh, we got a number of people on that committee, Mike Grimm and Susan Gato and uh, uh, Don Don Haas is on there as well, and uh, oh, and also Christy Westby. Being able to talk to any one of them, suggestions, concerns, whatever it might be, and you can talk to me as well too. But sometimes it's a little more comfortable to be able to talk to somebody else as well. But we come together and we not only talk about those things, but they pray for me, and uh, and then I'm able to express to them different things that are going on in my life and what's happening. And so, great committee. I, I'm so thankful for those that group of people. And our trustees as well. Small but mighty group that's uh, taking care of the grounds around here, uh, whether it's blowing leaves off of our, our uh, parking lot or repairing stuff around here in the church or making sure lights are going on, all of them operate nicely or whatever. All those different things happening. I'm so thankful for the trustees that keep our church in top shape. You know what else I'm thankful for? Our reader board. Our church reader board. Let me share just a couple of things real quick <clears throat> about this, and you, uh, your jaw will drop. But I was uh, in the office one, one week and uh, opened up the mail, found a, a card from someone in the community, and they wrote us a, a, a little letter in there and just basically saying thank you for what you've done. Uh, for the church reader board, <clears throat> the messages that you put on there that convey the, all the different encouragements and challenges and stuff like that, and and uh, this person goes on to, to say that they you know they're not a Christian, they don't desire to become one, but they sure enjoy the messages that are there and uh, um, and just wanted to encourage us in that way. And that person left a check in the in that card, and uh, I thought it was a hundred dollars, and I thought wonderful. It wasn't a hundred; it was a thousand dollars. <laughs> I was like, what? So uh, it was amazing. I was able to uh, send a uh, response letter back to that person, of course, and said, thank you so very much <laughs> for this. And anyway, something like that. Also, I received a phone call a couple weeks ago from this lady who, who uh, she has a German accent, but she speaks wonderful English. So anyway, we we're talking. She said, I have a strange request uh, would you be able to tell me what the first line said on your on your reader board? Uh, because I can only remember the last two lines. And I said, okay. And so I said, read it to her, and she said, thank you so much. She said, what I do <clears throat> is I take your messages on the reader board. I've been doing this for the last three or four years, and I translate it into German, and I send it to my friends in Germany and associates in Germany and Europe. So uh, our reader board is famous in Europe, I guess, or something like that. Anyway, I'm just so thankful for what that does for our community. And so thankful for Stephanie Frentress, who started a lot of that and chose a lot of those uh, messages on there. And so anyway, so grateful. I am, I'm overwhelmed with uh, thank, thankfulness. And as I was sharing those things, maybe you were thinking of all the things and, and people you are grateful for as well. And I wondered, maybe just a quick moment here, if you want to stand or just where you're at and just say something that you're grateful for or who you're grateful for. And if you want to do that, just say it loud enough. Those are online. Sorry you won't be able to hear this, but uh, uh, I'll try to repeat as much as I can. But would anybody like to express their thanksgiving or gratefulness in some way? 
Well, as, as we shared a few things here, uh, I hope you're able to see how truly wealthy you are. You're probably thinking of other people in your life, uh, situations in your life that maybe you're thankful for. And uh, because, uh, you know, gratitude is riches and, uh, and that God is also to at work in all of our lives. As you probably guessed by now, our sermon today, Give Thanks, is all about thanksgiving, gratitude, and gratefulness. And the ancient Roman philosopher Cicero said, gratitude is not only the greatest of virtues, but the parent of all others. It's well documented that being grateful has incredible mental and physical and emotional benefits. In fact, the Apostle Paul writes to the church in Thessalonica. He says, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And did you catch that last part? in there. The one where Paul revealed that giving thanks in every circumstance isn't just a good idea. It, is, it just puts you directly in the very will of God. And many of us struggle to know what the will of God is for our lives. We beg him in prayer and ask him to show us what we, sh- what we should do, where we should live, who we should marry, and on and on, and the whole list continues on. I'm not saying that it's bad or wrong for us to ask him those things, but What if, in reply, he were to say to you, I just want you to be grateful no matter the circumstance. I just want you to be grateful no matter the circumstance. Grateful for the job you have. Grateful for the spouse, the kids, the grandkids, the great-grandkids you have. Grateful for the home and the neighborhood you live in. Grateful for it all. We have a couple weeks before Thanksgiving, so what if you took some time to really slow down and take a gratitude inventory? You ever heard of that before? A gratitude inventory. What if you wrote out, line by line, everything you're grateful for? From big things to small things, from the home you live in to the Keurig machine that automatically brews your coffee every morning? What if nothing were off limits from the gratitude inventory? What would you say? One of the things I would say would be my laptop. I'm so thankful for how it operates and able to use it, be able to create the the, the messages and and such, and and also, too, to uh, research a lot of different things for for messages and preaching, be able to use it to create the bulletins and everything else uh, for secretarial duties as well, too. Uh, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for warming warming mattress cover in the cold fall winter nights. Just being able to get in and, oh, it's just so warm and cozy. Uh, I don't know if you're thankful for this or not, but I'm thankful for wool socks on wet, cold days. <laughs> wool socks that keep my feet warm. I'm also I'm thankful for hand-me-down running shoes from our son, Zach. And he gets some shoes, and they're not like worn out and tattered out. They're just slightly worn a bit, but he can't run in them anymore since he does marathon type of stuff. So I, I don't think I've bought... Tennis shoes in the last 20 years, maybe 30. He just keeps on giving me his old ones, and I say, thank you, and I keep on wearing those. Uh, I'm thankful for Apple Watches, especially one that Becky wears, and able to figure out uh, where she's at health-wise, AFib or whatever it is, and I know Annie as well, too. Where's your watch, honey? (laughs) Yeah, at home. (laughs) You got to wear it, but (laughs) anyway. I'm so thankful for the technology like that, be able to give you a heads up what's going on. 
And maybe also, too, here today, one main thing you're thankful for as well, too, is an extra hour of sleep, right? Be able to turn your clocks back and do that. But there's power in naming the things that we're grateful for. It helps set our focus on positive things rather than the negative. Because the Lord knows there's so many negative things coming into us every day that we can really get a bad attitude. But it helps us to avoid the poverty of complaint. And if we do it often, uh, we can develop habits of gratitude in our lives. These habits become very important when adversity enters the picture. When we face difficulties in our lives, being grateful, thankfulness, helps us to get our focus where it needs to be. It's easy to be grateful when things are going well, but when things get difficult, we're quick to default back to complaining and grumbling. I think this is why the Apostle Paul advises us to be grateful in every circumstance. In every circumstance. I think we can all agree that it's not... Easy to be grateful in every circumstance, but in, every, in fact, there are many situations where it's hard to imagine how to be grateful. If you think through some things in your life, you're thinking, boy, stuff that's going on in my life, how can I be thankful in all this? There are questions that we may never get answered on this side of heaven. Probably settle that right now. You may not know all the questions this side of heaven of the issues that are going on in your life. But we are called to be faithful, we're called to trust, and we're called to stand firm in our faith. And there's one story in particular from John chapter 11 that highlights this incredible truth. It's the story of Lazarus being raised from the dead. And in John chapter 11, uh, we'll, we'll find uh, um, some principles about this. It's on the screen behind me. John chapter 11, first seven verses. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his, his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When, when, they, uh, when he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Yet when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. Then he said to his disciple, let us, disciples, let us go back to Judea. <clears throat> now, when Jesus receives word from Mary and also Martha, of course, that Lazarus is sick, he's about a day's journey away. It's also important to note that Lazarus wasn't just someone that Jesus kind of knew or had met here or there. Actually, the, the note that Mary and Martha sent to Jesus said, Lord, the one you love is sick. Now our passage goes on to say Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So this was a family that Jesus not only knew very well, but had a special and intimate relationship with. Think of someone in your life. That's not necessarily a family member, but who is close to you like a family member. Got that person in mind? Maybe those people in mind? You love them. You love them. Now imagine that you've just received news that they are very, very sick. I want you to try and imagine taking an extra two days after hearing they're very sick to respond to them. You delay going to them for two days. Would they feel like you loved them? Hmm, maybe not. 
Yet for some reason, this is exactly how Jesus responds to the news about Lazarus. He stays where he is, and he just keeps on ministering before telling the disciples, let's go back to Judea. And it seems confusing, but actually, actually, uh, Jesus has already given divine insight into what's really happening here in verse 4. When he says, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Any trial a believer faces can ultimately bring glory to God because God can bring good out of any bad situation. Let me say that again. Any trial a believer faces can ultimately bring glory to God because God can bring good out of any bad situation. Are you in a bad situation? Have you been in one recently? When trouble comes, do you grumble? <laughs> do you complain? Maybe blame God, or do you see your problems as opportunities to honor Him? We go through difficulties. How do we respond in those difficulties? You see, God knows what He's doing. We may question that at times when we're going through some terrible things, but God knows what He's doing. It may not appear that way to the disciples around Him or to the sisters back in Bethany, tending to, to their dying brother, but this is a reality that we all must brace, embrace. God knows what he's doing even when we don't understand it. God knows what he's doing. If we can settle that issue right now, all the other things that happen kind of come into place as far as our perspective on things. He is working in and through the situations going on in our lives. And the challenge for us is to remain faithful and to remain steadfast even when we don't get what we want. Even when our prayers go seemingly unanswered. If we read on to John chapter 11, uh, starting with verse 17, skip on down to verse 17. It says, On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming... She went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. So when Jesus finally gets to town, Lazarus has already been dead for four days. When Martha comes out to meet him, she tells him, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Mary, actually, Mary eventually also comes out to meet Jesus as well and says the same exact thing her sister Martha did. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. He, he's getting the message here. He understands. But Martha and Mary both feel that their brother Lazarus wouldn't have died if Jesus just would have shown up. Do you ever have those thoughts sometimes when you're praying and you're thinking, oh, Lord, it would have been so much better if you had just shown up and taken care of this situation. If you would have provided in my timing for what I wanted, in my will. God knows what he's doing. But they wanted and expected Jesus to answer their prayers in the way they wanted. And they are obviously sad that Jesus didn't come in time to save their brother. Who wouldn't? You know someone who could take care of this and they don't come and they love you. They're a good family member, a family friend, but they don't come and even help. To four days later after the person's dead. 
Who wouldn't be sad? Have you ever felt frustrated with God? If we're honest, we all probably have been there. Frustrated in some way, some form. Maybe you've, you've even said the same thing at some point in your life that Martha and Mary said. Lord, if you'd only been there. But it's important to remember that Jesus was operating on a different and divine timeline. He had an ultimate purpose and plan for showing up when and how he did, which we only learn later on in the story. As we skip on down in John chapter 11 to verse 38, we'll see all this kind of unfold. In verse 38, Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there's a bad odor, for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes, grave clothes and let him go. I've heard this mentioned before as commenters said that if Jesus did not name who it was to come out of the grave, all the graves would empty out. <laughs> You'd have all these people. Lazarus, come out. In this section, we learn that Jesus knew Lazarus would live, and he knew that it would bring incredible glory to God the Father. When thinking about living a grateful life, it's important to catch something that Jesus says in this section. He says, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. Jesus thanks the Father for hearing him and mentions that the Father always hears him. This truth is so important to remember as we, continue, we consider the difficult things coming through our lives, the difficulty in being grateful through every circumstances in life. We must remember that the Father loves us, that he has a plan, and he has a purpose in all things. And most importantly, that he always hears our prayers. Not that he always answers them the way we want, but that he always hears and knows what we need. When we root ourselves in the, in the sovereign love of God, we have all we need for any and every circumstance that may arise in life. Even when things aren't going the way we would want them to, we can humbly say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to me. Thank you for knowing me. Thank you for providing all that I need. We are truly rich in him and truly rich in his love as well. We have a wealth beyond measure. If gratitude is riches, then let's focus this Thanksgiving season on living extravagant lives of grateful praise, being grateful for what he has done for us who he is in our life. Instead of focusing on all that we don't have or all that we think we should have, let's focus on what we do have. And let's specifically 
thank God for all of it, sparing nothing from his glory. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 8, it says, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace around, uh, abound to you, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. So as you live gratefully, remember to sow generously. For God is ready and able to supply all that you need to be generous in each and every situation. Think about how, how this applies to a season like Thanksgiving and to a life of grateful praise. So where do you need to sow more generously in your day-to-day -day life? Where do you need to trade complaint for gratitude? Where do you need to trade poverty for riches? Is there any specific situation or maybe a circumstance that you're withholding from the grace of gratitude? It should be a prevailing essence about us. The ultimate goal is to give it all over to God, to trust Him completely, to abide in His good and perfect will for our lives. And when we rejoice always and pray continually and give thanks in all circumstances, as 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 6 through, 16 through 18 tells us, then and only then will we be able to proclaim, just like Apostle Paul did in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. We are able to live a life of thanksgiving and gratefulness in that way. Definitely, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. I trust today that you're challenged in a way to rethink uh, all the things around you that are forcing you to have a, uh, an opposite attitude of what God wants you to have. Instead of complaining and grumbling about what's going on around you, and there's plenty to grumble about and complain about, I'm sure. But to turn around and say, what can I be thankful for? Who can I be thankful for? And then express that gratitude to God. Maybe you're a person that likes to write things down. Maybe on your phone you want to get an you know, iPhone, get out that note, notes app and start typing down all the different gratefulness items in your life. Whatever it is, let's do something to keep our eyes where they should be, our, our perspective, our focus, where it should be on Jesus and what he's done for us. So much he's done for us. We should be such a grateful, grateful group and <laughs> what he has done. So the next time things come your way that uh, want to sour your attitude, um, see that as a red flag that we need to turn that right around and figure out how we can count our blessings, how we can figure out how, what are we grateful for. I trust today you'll be able to make those changes and be ready for this Thanksgiving season to show your gratefulness and thanksgiving to those around you as well, too. Let's pray. Lord, I want to thank you for, uh, for everything, the good times, the bad times, because, Lord, you're in it. 
you're through it all and in it all, and you're taking us through those things. You're, you're rejoicing with us. You're celebrating those things with us. You're also mourning with us when it goes bad and, and we have difficult times. But Lord, uh, I, we, we just want to say thank you for how you bring us through those situations. Not thankful for those situations, especially in those horrible, uh, difficult times, but thankful for you in those situations that you bring us through and you, you teach us. You help us learn. You help us grow in you. So, Lord, I pray that you'd help us learn how to be joyful always. Lord, how we can be prayerful and how we, be, how we can be grateful in each and every circumstance. So whatever life throws our way, we can at least be ready to show gratefulness and thanksgiving for who you are in our lives and what you have done in our lives. We are, we are so rich beyond measure simply because we are yours. And thank you, Jesus, for that. I pray, Lord, that you'd be with each person here and encouraging them. And Lord, if there's someone here today that might need to get, be, get, to get back on track again, be back on track with attitude or maybe back on track with a relationship with you, Lord, I pray that they'd take this time right now with you and just be honest before you. And Lord, that you do a work in each person's life here today. Help us to leave this place as messengers, grateful messengers of your hope and love. Help us to spread that around us, Lord. <laughs> People who desperately need to see hope and desperately need to see an attitude that shows gratefulness and thanksgiving. But Lord, thank you for speaking to our hearts today. And I pray, Lord, that as we continue on and singing these next few songs, Lord, that you again would just continue to remind us of how much you love us and what you want to do in our lives. Thank you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen.